hotties. Welcome back to another episode of Sometimes Funny, Always Awkward. This is a podcast about nothing and everything, especially being a hot fucking mess. I'm Maddie. And I'm Grace. And today we have a guest. Hi. <laughs> this is Hannah Ferguson. She is the CEO of Cheek Media Co. What other things can we put on there? You're also a best-selling author. Jesus. But that's, yeah. <laughs> She's the on books Oprah even... Winfrey's recommended list. No. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> said. The face, though. Yeah, Australian politics is a it's a passion of Oprah and Reese Witherspoons. No. No. <laughs> Reese's book club. Oprah's book club. Um, Does but- Reese have a book club? Is that the new Oprah book club? It is. Oh, oh. Yeah, fuck Oprah. She's, she's really taking over the world, isn't she? She is. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I really feel like she's dominating things because she also owns a f- uh, the Sunshine thing, the film company, the production yeah. company. Yeah, so she's making all these shows that she specifically wants. She's not in all them, but women. she's in them. Mm. I love this. Yeah. Is that the other one that did Nine Perfect Strangers? Yes. yes. And the Craw Dad. Yes. Crawdad? Where the Crawdad scene. Did you watch it? Yeah, it was so so bad. I couldn't get through it. It's a terrible book, terrible film. I got like 40 minutes in it and I was like, why am I struggling Mm. this much? Crap. Just give up. Just for Reese. Just for Reese. Just for Reese, yeah. Hannah, can you explain a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sorry. A little little blurb. (laughs) Just for people who don't know who you are. And if you don't know who Hannah is, shame on you. Look her up. So shame on you. I agree. (laughs) Um, No, my name's Hannah. I'm the founder and CEO of Cheek Media. I would describe Cheek as one- Follow on Instagram, cheekmedia.co. But Cheek is kind of like a progressive feminist platform that discusses issues that sit at the intersection of political, social and feminist issues. Mm. So... I mean, I love a bit of pop culture as well. I love just to be culturally relevant is what I'd try. I'd say I'm trying to do. And my book, Bite Back, the, way, the day we're recording is actually coming out tomorrow. Um, ah! So it's, it's, really... it's out. It's out when this is out. I'm so excited so to read excited. it. So excited. Um, We've both pre-ordered. Yes. You are the best of my friends, truly. <laughs> like some of my friends are like, what? Like it's just, that's not true. That's not fair to my friends. But you are particularly <laughs> good friends of mine. Thank you. We did talk about this because we got drunk with you recently. Yeah. But we did talk about friends and being online mm. and that the closer the friend is to us, because you and I are both online, the closer the friend is to us, the less supportive they are. Yeah, the yeah. less involved they are with your content. And it's not even, I think it's almost like it's more supportive in a different sense. Yeah. Because the way I see it is like whenever I go and see my friends or we go on a walk or, you know, get drinks or whatever, they're like, oh, I don't watch your content. Like, yeah. that's weird because I know your thoughts. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting the way that a lot of people would, who follow Cheek would be very confused by that. They think, my friends would be very engaged but no 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 when you know someone in the real world it's very weird to then have a social a parasocial relationship with them so I think it's quite normal I almost take it as like a, my OGs just don't watch cheap content yeah, they yeah. like it they don't watch it well you don't want a fan in your life no you want someone to check you no exactly yeah. sometimes my friends check me what I would describe as a bit too hard <laughs> like I remember like leave it alone like recently like this is a perfect example one of my best friends she's so hard she's such a sourpuss like that's how I describe her right recently we were in public and someone came up to him and was like, can I get a photo with you? And Lily was like, yeah, let me take it. And then as soon as the person stood next to me, she was like, what's your name? And the woman was like, Genevieve. She was like, Genevieve, you look so hot. Hannah, work harder. (laughs) That's like the energy I'm getting from my friends in public. Yeah, right, right, right checking you in front of other people as well like that's gotta hurt oh it does hurt yeah. but you know I think it's a it's the great leveler it's the great equalizer you know my friends are like don't she might be having this little moment with you but let's bring her straight back down to yeah. earth yeah. yeah well I mean I think um speaking of being a fan just to lay it all out there like when Maddie and I met you I was a fan it, I still am a fan it was an, so funny when I met you I'm like a not an OG fan 
uh, being a friend, but like an OG fan in general. And when I heard that you were going to be in the same like area as us, I was like, oh my God, this is my Britney Spears moment. <laughs> that is so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, meeting, I'm meeting her. I'm meeting her. But I loved it because we were at the, I was at the Sydney airport by myself mm. getting ready. We were flying. To, we were all going to Splendour together to mm. do like basically the same. I was hosting a panel Maddie was on. Yeah. And so we're at the airport. You two are flying to do your live pod recording that day. But I see you at the airport and you come up and I'm like, hi, I'm Hannah. And you're like, I'm a subscriber. <laughs> I had to make it known that like I pay I, you, that I pay your bills. I'm like, I'm a Patreon user. It's like, put some cloud on my name. Yeah, just letting you know. And like, in my head, I was like, I'm not just a Patreon supporter. You're the only Patreon supporter I have. I created the account just oh, to give you the money. that's so nice. And I've never looked at Patreon again because it's not really a big thing in Australia, it's I don't not. feel. I feel like Patreon's a bigger thing in America. Agreed. Um, but, yeah, I don't use it for anything else. That's Nothing else is worth my time or money. Really special. Except for Cheek Media. Cheek and Media. Ferguson. Thank you. Uh, we're really excited to have you on. Thanks Thank for having you. me. Thanks for carving out time. It's a really busy time for you. So we know that this is a lot and we really care. Thank we you. We appreciate it. Thank you. I wanted to talk, well, we... Look, I gave Grace full permission to run this episode, mostly because, and I think that this is really important to mention, I know nothing about politics. Mm. I know nothing. It actually scares me to talk about. And so often when those conversations happen, I sit in silence and I listen, but I like, I have nothing to contribute because I don't understand it because I find it complicated and also boring. Yeah. But the perfect intersection. Yeah. yeah. But also... Everyone feels like you do. I often feel like you do. I think that's an important starting point. Yeah, yeah. and that's what I wanted to talk about. Like, what do you think you've done to destigmatize politics as this like old, boring thing that you shouldn't worry about? Because I feel like that's your greatest achievement, in my opinion. Thank you. I, I, but I like that way of wrapping what I'm trying to do, at least, which is say to people that I think that they've convinced us it's boring and that's purposeful. I think it's a great trick. And I think that's part of the reason I like it. And the part of the reason that I'm interested in it is because I actually think it's more interesting than reality television, but it's been branded yes. very well and very purposefully as this stuffy white man thing, mm. like the economy, like the economy, like golf. Yes. There are so many things in this vicinity that just have this stigma that is carried by this stuffy elitist weight. And I think that a lot of these people just say a lot of nine-letter words put together and it doesn't actually make any sense mm. or mean anything in particular, but they just want you to feel like you're not welcome. Yeah. And that's why I'm determined to make everyone feel welcome. Massive slay. And that's why I'm determined to make everyone feel like it's like, well, I can wrap this complicated press release in one tweet. Yeah, so and you do. You can. <laughs> and also, like, I'm not saying I'm the be-all and end-all. I think that if you're only consuming through me, you're really screwing up because that's such a specific lens to view the world. But I think that... What we've got is a system where people feel so excluded that they'd rather withdraw and disengage out of fear than mm. step up and say, like, I'm just going to Google that word. I'm just going to read it somewhere else. And for me, it's always about just saying, just do one small thing each day that invites yourself in. Yeah, okay. That invites you to step up, whether it's the word, like, complainant, whether it's the word bureaucracy. Again, these words sound boring for a reason. They want you to feel stupid or silly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, like... If we, if someone like me can kind of completely challenge that as a complete outsider, anyone can learn is like genuinely my view. Yeah. And I think that's a good starting point. Absolutely. I mean, I, I do enjoy politics. I don't think I'm that like deeply integrated with it, especially now comparatively to how I used to be. But I have this train of thought where 
it annoys me that people think politics is for a certain type of people to train in. Uh-huh. It's your everyday. Everything that you walk on is politics. Yeah. And like everything, every piece of transport you catch or if you drive a car and every traffic light that you look at, that's a form of politics. And some council has set this up and you have a say if you wanted to have a say and you can do it. So it's like politics is your everyday. Yeah. Absolutely. Which a I, certain type of privilege to not care about it, right? And I guess that's also a position I'm in now. Like I do have more say than I think I do and it is a privilege of me to kind of ignore it. Like, I, I feel like it's up to me to kind of educate myself because I can. Yes. It's there. It's available to me. So but why I, not? I understand why it doesn't seem interesting because most things aren't. Like, the way that they talk about housing or oh, robo-debt or yeah. finance generally. But you're absolutely right. It's like every single decision we make throughout the day is in some way implicated by politics. Yeah. And so when we look at it and think it's this boring man thing, boring men have won. <laughs> Yeah, you don't yes, let so them win. Really, want, you know, it's exact, like <laughs> so true. Like I just think, why are you letting them win? Yeah, yeah. but that's but that's what I, that's I think the most motivating thing for me yeah. is to be to like to the people that say it's not interesting. I'm like, well, then guess who gets to be in power? Yeah, <laughs> the more that you find it like this stuffy thing and again I get it I feel the same way about it I love the hot button topics I go after them I love the inflammatory (laughs) content I know I'm being picky and choosy sometimes I know yeah but I think that it's about knowing that if I went to look it up I could understand something in five minutes like I could yeah and for me it's about my work is to take out the stuffy overcomplicated language and make it accessible to people because yeah. I think that if people feel empowered to go and look at something and sort of question it, yeah. to develop their media literacy, to develop their political literacy, which is literally doing things like looking at, if you read an article online, Google who owns the masthead, Google one word you didn't understand, read every piece of news from two places. Ooh. Yeah, right. Yes, because you forget that there is somebody influencing yeah. what's published on that publication. Yeah, yeah everything's they have they yeah. have a um, agenda. Yes, and that's the thing. I think that people are always like, with cheek, you're claiming to be subjective, like you're so opinionated. And I'm like, do you think the Murdoch media isn't? Mm. The difference is I'm honest about it and I'm like, I grew up in Orange. My parents are conservative voters. I'm a radical feminist. This is what I think about this and this is why. Yeah. I'm actually forthcoming and forthright with those opinions and perspectives, whereas I think the problem is when people claim to be objective journalists Mm. and they're pushing the agenda of a billionaire. Mm. That's so fair. So true. And I think it's like it is that simple. I think people think like I'm oversimplifying things. No, it really is that straightforward. They want you to be confused. Yeah, and I think so it's so important that we – take that approach to everything that we read and consume. I think that when, you know, you watch Sky News for 10 seconds, you can see that. And you can see how your grandparents or your parents can have formed these views because for decades that's been the way that information has been translated to them. Because when we think about the media, what we're really thinking about is when a world event happens, when someone in power does something, how is that being translated from the action to the audience? And that's the job of the media. But when that media is paid for by people with an agenda, how is that message? received. Yeah. How is it communicated and how is it received? And so it is our job to not just blindly take what they say, but to at minimum just go, I'm just going to see the difference between this source and that source. And what is it? What is, what does the reading experience feel like? Just get a second Mm -hmm. opinion. Also like we all exist in a social media echo chamber and we can't avoid that, right? The algorithm thrives on eight seconds, simplified information, right? But I think we need to think, when was the last time you read an opinion piece in full? 
When was mm. the last, last time you read a book cover to cover not recommended by someone in your feed? That's so true. Like yeah. when you're going into a bookstore or a news agency, no one does it anymore. But when you do, if you do, think about when you look at things around you, how do you pick? Even if you think you're making a just choice for yourself, you're probably being influenced by what you've seen online or what the people in your circle are buying or reading or consuming, whether it be on Netflix or at a bookstore, right? Yeah. Everything is infiltrating. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's just something to think about constantly yeah. so you can try and get outside the bubble. This Keep feels it. very Devil's Wear Prada. Yeah. I feel like I'm wearing blue and I've come in for a job interview and I've said I don't care about fashion. Cerulean blue. <laughs> it's like Cerulean blue <laughs> from a pile of stuff. Yes. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. No, but it's a really valid point. And I, like, I also think about the fact that um, – even the impact of like choice of words in headlines in articles will then like create a bias while you're reading an article. Oh, absolutely. And when you think about that stuff, it's really. It's you brought insane. that up recently in one of your stories, but I kind of remember what it was. I, there is this stat I love to pull out. Yeah. Basically, Anne Rose, this organization, did a study in 2016 where they studied like 18,000 clippings or something of newspapers and different broadcasts. And in 60% of headlines about gendered violence. Oh, yes. The perpetrator was invisible. Yeah. yeah so but- not just like, oh, you know, woman is murdered. Like things like dead woman. It doesn't even refer to the fact that she was murdered or that the guy's been charged or that yeah. it was her intimate partner. You have things like star footy player, dating app death, um, yeah, you know, right. man loses control. And it's like, no, no, killed. He killed her. Yes. And we're completely obscuring an epidemic of domestic violence. Which is a massive issue within Australia. Mm. This is an ongoing issue that we constantly keep seeing, like, advertising for about how to stop gendered violence and more specifically women that are getting killed by their partners. Sometimes it's the whole family. Sometimes it's just a female partner. But the stats every year are getting worse mm. and it, it doesn't seem to matter how much government advertising is put out there nothing's fixing it. No, and this is probably the stat you're referring to that's that's got me going. Basically what the Australian government has announced recently is a plan they want to reduce the amount of uh, women being murdered by their partners. The the way they framed it was the amount of women being murdered by 25%. And it's like, why did you frame it as women being murdered? Why didn't you frame it as men men killing killing women or men just killing? And this is the thing, it's the way we talk about these things. So Mm. if, you know, for decades we've heard messaging where it's woman dying, not Mm. woman being murdered by her intimate partner, the way that we over time perceive the issue is affected. Mm. Like you might claim not to be, but if you're not seeing the reality of what is occurring in this country, which is that one woman is being killed a week, Mm. each week by an intimate partner then we can't actually deal with the issue because our social attitudes don't have the understanding of the reality of that statistic. No, and it's so subtle, just the wording of a headline. Mm. Like I didn't even realise like how, like it's such a small change that could be made and it really affects how we approach a situation. I didn't even think about how subtle it is. It's so subtle. And it's not that it's necessarily wrong. It's just that it's not quite right. Yes. It's not quite painting the picture of the issue and pointing out what it is and centering the issue, which is we're trying to reduce men's violence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not making women the issue. It's still and biased. Constantly it's that a lot of social issues are framed as being women's issues mm-hmm. and it's like, but it's actually not women that need to save themselves. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. On that, on feminism and talking about stuff like this, because it's quite, what's the word I want to say? Like the type of content you talk about can be quite polarising mm. and I'm, I'm sure I know the answer, but do you find that you get a lot of hate online for having such an opinion? 
Yeah, it's less than I expected. Oh, good. But I thought, I think, (laughs) it's funny, I'm not sure if you have this experience, but what's worse for me is not the trolling or, like, the death threats and things from men. That's classic. (laughs) Do you have death threats? Sorry? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry? I love how I just said it's not that bad. It's not the death threats. No, because I've never had a death threat. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, yeah. But also because I go up against people like Andrew Tate. Yes, that's so And Jordan Peterson. And, you know, all of the people that globally, uh, so it's not, what I was going to say is my my problem isn't the death threats because those are from actually I got the most death threats from 12-year-old girls when I criticized the Harry Styles concert earlier this year. That was the worst <laughs> I've ever experienced. Sorry? What was, was the criticism? So like I went to the Sydney concert and I just said like I didn't think the performance was that great. I thought the sound quality at Olympic Park was really good and I didn't think he had that much entertainment value. I remember oh. you talking about this because you also talked about how like a pop star like Taylor Swift or Beyonce has to have 15 costume changes, she has to have yes, fireworks, three she hours, has to, 44 she has to have songs. all of these backup dancers, but Harry Styles can parade around in one colorful t-shirt for the entire time and do nothing else but point at his audience yeah and it's the most mind-blowing concert ever yeah and it's like people and also I think it's because it's the experience of women feeling safe in a large group yeah and having like a girls night out Mm -hmm. feather boas there's a problem with that there's lots of uh, environmental implications (laughs) fine Um, in, in my hot mess era, Feather Bow was fun. But I um, I think that my criticism was just like, of course I had a fun night out. I'm not saying, like, you can't do that. I'm just saying there is a difference. Yep. Yeah. And I don't think it was a mind-blowing entertainment experience. I think that he did a gender reveal and spoke to the audience and that was like, aha. I just think it was like a fawning exercise for a lot of women. It was mm. just like, oh, my God, he's so hot. And I was like, that's really all he has to do to make so much money, right? Yeah. Anyway, some I got so many people screenshot it and it got to the American side of Twitter and I got like, <laughs> I woke up and I had probably 100 12 to 15-year-old girls telling me they were going to come to my house and kill me. That is insane. And also the worst part was like I bought a T-shirt from the concert. I bought it before the concert. I still I wore it the next day because I Are still had a, a fun fan? night. I'm a massive Harry fan. Oh, okay, yeah. But I had a really fun night. I also said, which is apparently the most controversial aspect, that his most recent album was his worst of the three. I said it's just like my least favourite. Least favourite. That is controversial. Really? Yeah. See, I just thought his first solo album was the best. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, a, how dare you wear his T-shirt? <laughs> I'm going to kill Like, it was, like, so it was so aggressive. What I was going to say, though, is the worst is when people who are your followers turn on you. Yeah. Because there's a fine line between, like, constructive feedback and, like, having a good two-way dialogue with a following and being completely ripped to shreds because you don't align on one issue. And my whole shtick is, like, especially in feminism and the left, is we can disagree on some things and still have a community. Like, we can still yeah. have... I'm not going to take the exact same stance with you on every issue because no. there's not just two stances either. There's so many different perspectives we can have. And yet I was just getting, when I get berated by cheek followers, that's really hard. Do they end up unfollowing you? Yeah. Do you find? Yeah. Well, we were talking, this is not even related to what we were talking about before, but we're finding that with social media and the people that consume social media, there is no, there's no possible way to dis. Like, you, if you disagree with someone, it's like you're dead to me. I'm gonna cancel you. Yes. And like, we talk about like this political, not political, politically political correct is- pendulum. Yeah. yeah. And about how we're swinging in like a very far like um, wave of acceptance. And we talked about the what about me effect and 
there's this whole Have you heard about What About Me? No. Oh, it's just... Is it like the What About Me-ism, whereas it's always just coming back to your specific yeah. experience? Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 We were talking about this recipe for bean soup that was on TikTok and, like, the comments were just filled with people saying, but I don't eat beans. And it's oh. like, just scroll past. Just keep, just keep going. And so we just find that maybe some people are punishing people for not being accepting of every opinion, if that makes sense. And so, like, if you had a differing opinion to them, they're just like, well, I'm, I'm following you. And this is the thing is that what I'm constantly getting getting, and I'm sure you get it too, is like, you have to wake up every day and choose to push through the fear. Yeah. Because you are always going to upset people. Yes. And it means you're doing something right. Yes. And it's like, I also find, and I I think this is kind of the impact of long-term social media and algorithms and echo chambers, is that you feel like your feed is so curated for you that you suddenly have people who are so entitled to commentate on everything because they think it's made just for them. Yes. Yeah, and I right. guess that must be what it feels like for people that don't actually have an online presence. Yeah. yeah but just consume and consume when and I consume. Watch <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. I'm like, wow, Hannah, she's really, she's got in there and she's plucked my brain. But it's so interesting because, like, I don't, I don't think, this is a direct comparison, but I think it's a good one of how people just have no awareness outside of what they follow and think. Yeah. Is that like last week I put on maybe the day after I got into the social media trend of like the Roman Empire mm-hmm. and what it is, mm-hmm. I put on my Instagram story, hey, if you haven't heard about this thing, like I said on TikTok, I've been getting all these videos about the Roman Empire and I explained it and then went through a lot of, of pe- for people. For the next week and a half, I got probably 50 messages of people se- sending me sh- screenshots of Netflix where it says, if you want to watch the Roman Empire, and they were like, you've done this. And like people doing an Oprah video and they're like, oh my God, you created, you started this. And I'm like, <laughs> no. you genuinely think because I was the person that told you about it, that I am the source yeah. of all content. Well, like, you yeah. saw it first from me, so yeah. I must be the one that started it. Yeah. And it's like, I act- actively disclaimed that it was, yeah. you know, like, yeah, and people yeah, are just yeah. like, they, they, the way that people filter in their minds yep. content, they associate with something with you and suddenly it's like you're in a direct two-way conversation with them and anything that doesn't quite fit their standard, you're in breach. Yeah. This happened recently for me with Girl Dinner because I made a stomach video about Girl Dinner and people thought I was singing it and that I created Girl Dinner and the messages I got. Really? Sent, I was like, I didn't create Girl Dinner. It was a massive trend before I did it. Why do you think that I started it? I get people sending me all of these um, videos and TikToks being like, oh my God, Girl Dinner. And I was like, no, it wasn't me. It I wasn't feel like me. you should take the claim. Both <laughs> no, of you I get it. Like, yes, but it's like, also this element of like, do you think I started like a worldwide phenomenon? Yeah. Like, it's a bit strange. <laughs> like, I just, it's really interesting because the way that... I'm constantly, like, trying to downplay what I do. And people are like, stop undermining yourself. And I'm like, it's really healthy, actually, sometimes (laughs) to actually just be like, no. I'm not a god. Yeah. (laughs) Well, actually, like, speaking of not being god, you are, but it's fine. Um, (laughs) God is a woman. Do you think I'm a god? Well, no, I don't you're in the support you, do I? You're so. in the friend category where it's like don't engage, whereas I still get to be the god for a yeah. second, which is really oh, yeah. fun. You're so getting you're checked, mate. Checked. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Uh, no, I really wanted to talk about how you find doing cheek and dating because we oh. know that you're a fellow single galley. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to ask. You say that like you're single as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a child bride. Just a child bride, a teen mum. No, stop. I've been talking too much as if I'm single lately. Poor Tom is going to be like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Could you please not? We went to speed dating the other day. I did. We speed dated. Oh, as a social experiment. I don't know. Was it fun? No. (laughs) Yeah, it's not out there, is it? Uh, Yeah, that sucked. But, you know, 
We live and we learn. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> About being single. When you're doing dating mm. online, yep. how do you, like, introduce politics into it? Is it something that you introduce early? Do How do you... Do you tell people about Cheek? Yeah. How do you intersect politics and dating for yourself personally? To be completely honest, I haven't been on a first date in over a year. Okay. Slay. I am. I think I'm in my avoidant era. Yeah, yeah. But to be frank about that, it's because I am afraid of introducing it. And I think it would be really bullshit for me to get online and be like, this is how you do it and preach to people about having these political conversations with prospective partners when I'm... I think for me it's not that I'm afraid of politics, it's that I'm afraid of giving people the access to every thought I've ever had without yeah. having an equal knowledge of them. Yes. And I'm afraid to date at the moment. Like, I'm really feeling vulnerable about a lot of the work I'm doing and I, as much as I know I'm having so much success, that comes with a level of fear that I have not been comfortable speaking about and mm. I don't really know how to introduce an intimate partner into that reality and that, like, I know that sounds so dramatic but I'm just terrified. Yeah. No, it's so valid. Yeah, I find that... When I have dated and I've met people while doing Cheek and it hasn't been as big, and it's so funny because everyone I've ever dated currently follows Cheek, basically. Mm. I'm trying to think. (laughs) All my ex-partners follow Cheek currently and all the guys I've dated in the last two years follow Cheek. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I have this thing where even if we're not speaking, they're still interested. And that's also strange. And that's a big slay. Is that it's an ego boost. <laughs> it's an <laughs> ego boost. Yeah. But it's it's also funny because sometimes I'm like, is it because you like what I do or is it because you just want to watch? Yeah. It's like you're it's able to hate follow in such a public None field. of them are hate follows. I don't think they're hate follows. I think Go they you. I think it might be a association thing. Mm. Like wanting to be connected to in some way yeah Yeah. but I also think that what tended to happen when I was dating after my last relationship broke down was that I would introduce it really quickly or not at all yeah so either I would meet them and be like no this is not that and I would just never bring it up or if I really liked them I'd pretty much say it straight away because if they weren't gonna like it they had to go straight away and I would refuse to develop feelings yeah okay so it had to be almost a test yeah yeah, right. And That's I just fair. I needed to, like, just get it out. It was, like, this big secret. Because also if they're going to ask me what I do for work, I used to be able to say I was a lawyer yeah. and do that, and now I'm not doing that. I'm just it's doing cheek. Yeah. So now, But also it's, oh, what are you doing next week? Oh, I'm going on a book tour. Like, it's a bit much. And it's fun, <laughs> but it's, like, a bit strange to have a stranger just trying to add and I'm just constantly, like... You are going through a huge period of massive success after success. And maybe this is a sign from the universe that maybe you're meant to be single to celebrate all of these massive career achievements that you're going through because it would be weird. No, I don't think it would be weird to start dating someone when you're doing a fucking book tour. But it's just like maybe it's time, maybe this avoidant era that you're in is because you need to be focusing on what you're doing. It's sort of sad. Like I was with one of my friends recently who's kind of like one of my mentors at the moment and... He said, you are pumping out so much content, like, are you okay? And I was Mm. like, I'm really alone. Like, I'm like, I've (laughs) got so much time. I am with you. Because he was like, you seem so busy. And I was like, I think that that's false. I'm doing it because I'm lonely. Yeah, I have. I'm with you. I'm overworking (laughs) because I don't have anyone in my life. And actually, this this is so, and it's not anti-feminist, it's just honest, but I hate myself for it a bit. But I'm practicing self-love at the moment. (laughs) I said to my therapist this morning in a session, I hate to say this, but I really wish there was someone around at the moment to watch it. Yeah. I feel like now the person I'm 
going to meet is going to, it's already going to have happened and they're going to be meeting me at a certain level, but yeah. they weren't with me for like the fun. Somebody to celebrate it with. Like, yeah. you know, when you have this massive achievement, you share it on your story. And I, this happens to me all the time. When I used to be in a relationship, if something massive happens to me, the first thing I did was call my partner yep. to share it with them. But now when something big happens to me, I share it to my story. I hate that. And I hate that that, and I hate that that's the only, like, sure, I have friends and family who I share it with, but I often, the first thing I do is is share it to my Instagram story. And then once that happens, I'm like, how fucking sad. Like, I love you guys. You have a whole community. I know, but I feel. But it's not, it's not, it's it's one side. It's Mm. me just like sharing my thoughts on a video, which I'm probably going to watch again and again and again, because that's what we do with our stories. Oh, I do that as well. And I'm only sharing it to 40 people. Yeah. Well, still (laughs) But yeah. No, I I do. Like, my close friends, I love close friend stories. (laughs) So fun. I will rewatch a story that I posted so many times. I posted a photo yesterday of it was a picture. It wasn't even a video with a song over it, and I've watched it easily fifteen times. But you got to perceive yourself. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, post yeah, yeah. it, and then you have to watch it from other people's perspectives. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you send an email, and then you have to read it back from their perspective. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But the that? thing I, I think about that. what you just said as well, which is really interesting, is like. I often wonder, am I good at being vulnerable online because it's kind of been demanded of me because that's how I communicate? Like, instead of, like, telling my parents or telling my friends, I'm like, if I put it on my story, they all see it and, like, I don't have to go around and tell people. So often I think if I was in a relationship, I would kind of fall off the wagon in terms of a social media presence. That's so true. And so then – but then I'm like, are people like us not thriving but pushing being single as, like, a professional success thing? Like, I will fail if I'm – Partnered. In a relationship. To be honest, I've always had this belief that I would not be where I am now if I was in a relationship. I actually completely agree for myself. Yep. Yep. So, like, it's – I sure, I feel the loneliness. I would love to share what I'm going through and you the same with a partner, but we probably wouldn't be here without – if we weren't single. Yeah. Did we? so interesting. But this was such a fun little chat. It was so interesting to learn about politics and dating. Yeah, and about being that online. Really went, is that okay that we went everywhere? That's all I wanted. It's all, yeah. most of our episodes, though. Great. It's called a chatty episode chatty. for a reason. I love yeah. it. Thanks yeah. so much for joining us. Thank Hannah Ferguson, you, Hannah. you can find her at cheekmedia.co on Thank Instagram. You. That's and the her one. book, what's it, what's it called again? Bite Back. Bite Back will be out by the time that this airs. You can get it anywhere that you get good books. Thank you. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> like, you know when they say, like, anywhere you, you get your podcast. Yeah, you can get your podcast or, like, any good store you can yeah. buy from. Like, what a It's just a, it's just a, a, it's a hate on any – because anyone who doesn't have it is bad, clearly. Yeah, that's right. You're automatically shit. Clearly. It's already best-selling before it's out. So, so true. It's on Oprah's list. <laughs> it is. Thank All you. Right, Thank you, everyone. We love you. Bye. Bye.